Hey, good afternoon, Pop fans. It's Bill from Pop Fan Rivalry with another Before the Bigs, another coach, another phenomenal coach uh, that we've had a chance to talk offline. And now we're now we're at it. We have Coach uh, Macy uh, coming in the house this time in our clubhouse. Coach, how are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great over here. We're doing great. So, so tell us where are you at? What state are you? What where are you coaching at? What school are you at? Um, I'm Mike Macy at American Heritage down in South Florida. Um, we're in Plantation, home of the Patriots. Um, don't not to be confused with the other school that's up north in Palm Beach. Um, you know, we've got you know a good reputation down here in South Florida as being one of the top schools in Florida um, and across the nation. So it's an honor to be here to talk to you guys today. This is great, Coach. I appreciate it. When I when I reached out to to Mike, he was he was phenomenal and said, "Yeah, let's make this happen." And and I love Florida. I've been down there a bunch. I have family down there, and so it's always nice to get down and, and talk a little baseball down in the south. So, so Coach, give me a little bit of bio on you. Tell me maybe where you played, when do you start coaching, that type of thing. Um, as far as my playing career, I only played through high school. I grew up in a small town outside of Michigan, you know, outside of Detroit and Michigan. Um, worked my way to Florida State, and I personally wasn't really a Division One baseball player. I had a Division One mind um, and a coach's mind, and I started coaching at a young age. I started coaching, um, honestly, when I was a sophomore in college. There was an opening at the local high school um, in Tallahassee at, at Florida State. Started coaching there as a sophomore in college and just kind of worked my way through, became a head varsity coach right out of college. Um, and honestly wasn't ready for it. I was young and a buddy of mine actually worked down here at American Heritage and told me about the school here, the program here. And I spoke with the athletic director, the head coach at the time. And again, just talking baseball led me here. So I've been at American Heritage for, I don't even know if it's 17 or 18 years. Um, you know, I've been here, I've seen the Eric Hosmers, the Devin Moreros, the first round picks we've had, the Zach Collins, uh, CJ Chatham to Tristan Casas now, Enrique Bradfield, who's at Vanderbilt. Been around all those guys. Like I said, I've been here a long time. Um, you know, but my playing days were over quickly because I understood who I was and I always wanted to be a coach. I figured I had more to offer as a coach than I did as a player. And just having been around great players has taught me so much about how to coach and how to be around great players. So that's, that's my bio. That's my story. And here I am today as the head coach at American Heritage. I love what you just said about you understood that you, one of the first, uh, before the bigs I did, I did with a parent, um, a, a parent of a, of a pretty phenomenal athlete in Phoenix, Arizona area. And he's, <laughs> He said the hardest part about being a, a dad is to know where your limits are, when you've got to stop being the coach and when you got to let others take over the coaching son. So I love the fact that you say you knew your limits. That's huge. <laughs> I did. I did. You know, I wasn't very big growing up. I wasn't very strong and, you know, still not very big, still not very strong, but I love the game. And the, my mind was my best tool. So that's, you know, my ability to be able to reciprocate to kids and get the most out of them is, I think what helps me the most. So what coach, what do you think is different from when you played the game um, to now? What, what do you see different in the game at, you know, at your level, at, at, at any level? 
Uh, the first thing is the pitching. I mean, we've got a guy down here that will sit 93 to 96. He's been up to 98. When I was growing up, you didn't see that. In South Florida here, if you don't have a 90-92 guy, you're not going to be very successful. Um, you know, it's every time we run out to a game, we're going to see everybody's number one. And, okay, what's the report on that guy? 90 with a slider. 90 with a slider. You know, we're a three-pitch kid, but he's in the 90s. You know, if he 88 with a great changeup. So that, to me, is the first biggest difference about the game from when I was a kid to watching it now. You know, we've got our top four guys are all Division One guys, and there's not a guy that sits under 88. You know, we've got, like I said, the, the lefty who's projected to be a first-rounder, 95 to up to 98. Our number two is another lefty, 88 to 90, committed to Florida. We've got two right-handers that are 88 to 90 with nasty sliders, breaking stuff. So, again, that's the difference is you got to have that guy on the mound. Um, and then, of course, you know, offensively, everybody wants to teach launch angle. You yeah. know, but the launch angle to me is, you know, something we don't even talk about, you know. It's a matter of keeping the barrel flat and try to make hard contact, line drive, you know, and really drive the ball the other way. But so many kids are into that showcase philosophy where I just want to turn and burn and hit one out of the yard and just try to pull everything. Well, now welcome to the slider and welcome to the changeup. And, you know, it's not happening. So, and then, you know, I think just the whole way the game is approached, you know, for me being undersized, having to do things to get attention, I had to grind. I had to be. Pete Rose on the field, you know, that you just play hard. And, and there's days you just don't see kids playing as hard. So it, it's it's tough. You know, the MLB is not doing us any – or isn't doing us any favors either with this launch angle every time somebody hits a home run. Right? No. So I agree with you. And look, I get, you know, the, the old chicks dig the long ball going back to the commercial, you know, from all yeah. those years ago, you know, with McGuire and Sosa. They, and, yeah, they dig the long ball. And everybody wants to play. For the home run but it's the old know thyself you know you got a 140 pound second baseman trying to hit the ball out of the park what are you doing yeah you know, I just wonder like do you really know what your game is yeah no it's it's true it's true so coach switching switching gears to the differences in the game tell me as a coach what do you look for in a player what are what are some of the things you look for in a player and the the thing that i will tell you that I think all coaches love is the ability to compete mm. and you take physical tools away from it. Cause look, there's guys who can play and you can always teach more of the hitting. You can teach more of the defense. You can teach more of the pitching aspect, you know, the fundamental stuff you can teach. But if you got a guy who just wants to win, wants to compete, I want you to have that baseball in the seventh inning when there's three outs, I want you to compete. I want to see what you have. Like, are you going to, it's mine. Give me the ball. You can't take me out of the game. It, it's that just competitiveness that I want to win. Cause you can't teach that. You just can't teach the desire to, I want to win whatever it's going to take to win. I want that toughness, that mental toughness. Don't, I'm not worried about the physical part of it. it it's more the mental when in a game, it's, it, it's a game of failure. So when things are down, how do you respond? You know, give me that mental toughness in that kid. You know, to a coach that I've interviewed, um, they all say the same thing. They say, I can teach you how to lay down the bunt. I can teach you how to effectively hit and run. I can teach you how to hit the cutoff man and do the very basic things that'll make you successful. But I can't teach attitude. I can't teach mental toughness. 
I mean, that's that's something you've got to build on your own. That's it. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. That's I, I love that. How do you do that? I mean, how do you take a kid and build his confidence? So that's that's a tough thing, right? Yeah, it's all about how you speak to kids. You know, you just you're always there for them, you know, and I mean, there's some kids, you know, you can get in their face and you can challenge. And then there's some kids you just can't. You just have to know your team. You got to know your individual. Yeah. You know, there's some kids you just got to pat on the back and say, come on, man, we'll get the next one. Or there's some kid and you can look him in dead in the eye. You know, what's wrong with you? Like, what, <laughs> what were you thinking? Well, I mean, you're better than that, you know, yeah. and you give them that challenge and they respond to that challenge. Yeah. So then as, as that happens, what, how do, what do you tell your players in ways to com, uh, compete better or to increase in their abilities as players? Um, for us, it's, we're so, I don't want to say we're deep, but we have a 30 plus man roster. We have a no cut policy here. So we actually have the ability where, okay, you're the shortstop, you're the second baseman, but we have two or three other guys behind you, you know, so we can, create that competitiveness in practice where there's multiple guys there we can enter squad pretty much whenever we want because we have so many guys and it's okay one team against another go compete go play so we can kind of set that game mentality you know whenever we need to at practice I mean yes there's days we got you know work the fundamentals we got to work base running and things like that the cutoffs and relays like everybody else does but, you know, when we want to challenge guys, all right, here's our competition. Let's go. Okay. You two go there. You two go there. You three go there, wherever it may be. And may the best man win. Yeah. Yeah. It's competition is good. And especially in athletes, boy, um, I can, you know, in my, besides here in my careers in the past, I could always tell when I'm, I'm working with an athlete because of the way that they compete. Right. And so it carries off the field too. <laughs> sometimes oh, yeah. it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing, right? No, it's not. Yeah. I mean, you got guys who want to fight at the drop of a hat. Well, you know, they, but Hey, if you got that intensity in you, I want it. I want that yeah. on the field. What would you tell a guy to focus on or a player to focus on if they want to play professionally? You mentioned a number of people that you've coached that have gone to D one and or played professionally. Um, what would you tell them to focus in on if, you know, I'm a freshman and I come into your program I've got the talent for it, the raw talent that still needs to be massaged, but I want to play professionally. What are you going to tell me to do? The biggest thing for me, I've been around a lot of first round guys and around, around a lot of guys who've been drafted. The one thing I can pretty much say to each one of about each one of those kids is their character. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't say a negative thing about any of the guys from the days they were in high school about oh man don't don't not that kid not no it, that kid is legit I mean we can go back to Tristan Costas a few years ago with the Red Sox who every offseason he's here from literally sun up to sundown working that's his work ethic if you guys know about Enrique Bradfield he's the same way the work ethic you know those are guys who they just don't stop back when Hosmer was here in high school and he graduated in 08 he was the same way you know he would call me every Saturday, Sunday, Mace, can we hit? Mace, can we hit? Mace, can we hit? You couldn't keep these guys out of the cages. You know, I always joked with Eric about, man, you're going to have to pay for my labrum surgery when you make it big, you know, just because I'm throwing so many balls. But that was just who they are. It's the work ethic. It's their own personal 
drive, their motivation. It's whatever wakes them up in the morning and gets them going, you know? So, and again, it's, you stay away from all the negativity, all the things that can affect you. And from every one of these kids I've mentioned, their life is baseball. Again, they knew their future. So everything that they did in life was about getting to the field and making it to where I have to make it. To be able to play at seven o'clock at night, right? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay, so coach, uh, final question for you. Um, obviously, besides for drugs, that's an easy one. What would you tell players to avoid doing um, as they're trying to progress and, and get past high school into college and into the MLB? Man, I don't, you know, if you'd asked me this when I was a kid, it wasn't even around, but I'd say social media. Stay away from just reading press clippings about yourself. Okay. Look in the mirror, be honest with yourself. And that's something we have to address with our kids. And again, it goes back to know who you are. You know, know who you are. Stay away from the obvious things that are going to affect you. Stay away from the negativity. You know, if you want reality, come ask your coaches. What is, coach, where do you see me? Because, look, if you go to mom and dad, they're going to tell you, oh, you're the best thing ever. You're the shortstop. You're the pitcher. You're the three-hole hitter. You're the guy. You're the best player on the team. You know, but if you want the truth, which a lot of kids don't, Go talk to your coach. Say, hey, let's, we'll sit down. We'll talk. What can I do to get better? You know, so I don't know that it's so much what do I avoid as what do I need to do? I mean, we have a kid who's committed to University of Miami. He's an outfielder for us. And six foot one, came in at probably about 150 pounds when he oh. got here. Just a real skinny, frail kid. Now, could swing it. You know, you could just see the hand-eye coordination was there. Balls would come off the bat. They'd be fly balls. We put him in the weight room for the last two years now. He's got three home runs in five games for us. Balls are getting out of the yard. The bat speed's picked up. He's put on about 15 pounds of muscle. So now you got you take a kid who could hit, and now you add a little bit of strength to him. Now we've got a complete hitter. So, you know, what did he avoid? Well, it's not what he avoided. It's what he did. You know, it's what he didn't avoid. He got in the weight room, and he got bigger. He got stronger. He's faster. Now he, you know, he's on scouts' radars, so it's good. I mean, when they come watch our pitcher, now they're seeing this guy as well, and they're like, wow, who's that guy? Yeah. And did you have him last year? Yeah, it was the same guy. Just look how much bigger he is. The bat speed's <laughs> that much better. The ball's getting out of the yard. You know, exit below, everybody wants to talk about it's, you know, in the hundreds now instead of the 80s. So, you know, the, the flare to the second baseman is now a double in the gap to right center. So, you know, the weight room is huge. Obviously, stay away from all the negativity. And the press clippings, don't read that stuff. Don't get caught up in perfect game and, you know, how great perfect game thinks you are because last time I checked, perfect games never drafted anybody. Um, yeah. You know, it's great to be in their All-American showcases and you get that perfect 10, you know, 10 grade. It's awesome. But at the same time, you know, there's always room to grow. You can always get better. Avoid the complacency. Avoid it. You know, I'm great. I'm great. I'm a first rounder. Well, Again, you go back to some of the guys I've mentioned, they don't stop working. They just don't. Yeah. There's no offseason for those guys. Once you make it, then you can have an offseason. But until you make it, you know, like I can tell you, Nick Castellanos and Jonathan India, both of the Reds, have been out here throughout the whole you know, strike process, whatever's been locked out, lockout, whatever it is. 
you know, they've been here every day working out, you know, two guys that are former heritage kids. They're here every day working out. Why? Well, Castellanos has already made it. You know, he's getting ready to sign a big deal as a free agent, wherever he is. India just won rookie of the year, I think. So they could be home sitting there complacent, but no, they're not. They just work. They don't stop working. You know, it's funny. I, I'm here in L.A. area, L.A., Orange County area and on the West Coast. And uh, my team is the Dodgers. I grew up a Dodger Blue fan. And I remember when Larry Boa was coaching with Joe Torre out here. And I'm not going to mention the, the, but there was a, a core group of guys who um, were just kind of taking it not as serious as they needed to be. And Larry Boa ripped into him one day, and then he went into the press and told the press about it. He says, listen, I played around some of the best athletes in the game. You know, he talked about Mike Schmidt. He talked about uh, Pete Rose. He talked about other guys. And he says, and I've, I've coached A-Rod. This guy, he goes, this guy would show up. If we have batting practice at 1230, this guy was in the cages at 10 o'clock in the morning trying to fix whatever he missed from the night before and things like that. And and it shows, right? I mean, it's that work ethic that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. that's hard to come by because fans don't see that, right? right? They just see that, you know, Nick Castellanos goes one for 14, hits a little bit of a roadblock. Oh, what's wrong with Nick? And then all of a sudden, Nick goes, you know, 12 for 18 and nobody's talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it's you can't teach it. You know, no. you, you want it or you don't. And it's how bad do you want it? Do you want to make it? Like, yes, you have all the natural ability in the world, but are you willing to go further? Are you willing to do more to really make it? Do you think your natural ability is just going to take you all the way? And I mean, typically it doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah. There's, there's too many guys out there that, are, you know, when you, when you look at how many people play little league baseball, then how many people will play a pony league, then how many people will make their high school team, a college team get drafted. I mean, that number just dwindles. And every one of those guys that gets drafted in rounds one, two, and three have natural ability, <laughs> but yep. they have to hone it some way. I mean, I don't know that there's a guy that's ever been drafted that has so much natural ability that he just doesn't have to work at it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in this game. Uh, yeah, exactly. Not in yeah, today's yeah. age. I mean, if you're talking Babe Ruth, maybe, but different yeah. era, right? different era well coach i so much appreciate you coming on and talking about what you look for in players and talking about i love the comments that you made about being mentally tough and not reading things about yourself i, I do a lot of these interviews and a lot of the coaches say the same thing stay away from the negative stuff even if you're looking for positive stuff you're always going to find the negative stuff you find the positive stuff and that just that can get you know for you and i as adults we process that differently Sure. than a 16-year-old would or a 17-year-old would. Because I know how it feels if I were 17 and I turned on my phone and, you know, 10 people were blasting me on social media for going over three, you know. Yeah. And look, much. everybody's Twitter, everybody's got Instagram, everybody's got a cell phone. All it takes is your one or two at bats, like how bad he looked tonight, you know, and it's posted out there and, you know, the kids see it and that's it. Doesn't take yeah. much. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Coach, I appreciate this. I would love to have you back on. Can we do this again sometime and, and go through sure. some other questions? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I didn't ask you this before, but do you have an MLB team? Is Do you have a favorite team? Um, You know what? I grew up in Detroit, and everybody would always, oh, you like the Tigers, you like the Tigers. I was never a Tiger fan. 
Um, I, I grew up a Red Sox fan of all things, you know, nice. and, and I think I grew up a Red Sox fan because my dad was a Yankee fan. So, you know, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't follow dad's path. So, you know, he was a, a Mickey Mantle and then a Reggie Jackson guy. And I said, no, dad, I'm a Ted Williams fan. Now, you know, as a little kid who Ted Williams, I, you know, never saw him play, but I mean, him off. I know you guys can't see, but I got Ted Williams frame pictures all over the place. Like that's, that's my guy is Ted Williams. And then it became Nomar. So, you know, I've, I've just always kind of liked the Red Sox. Yeah. Red Sox got a great history and they got a great ballpark. Um, yeah. And I, I wish I could have been at the dinner table with you as a kid, being a Red Sox fan and your your dad being a, a Yankee fan, because that that there were some conversations there, right? Yeah, no, no, he, he beat me most of the time, you know, <laughs> until recently, but you know, two thousand three, right? Two thousand three. So, yeah. If, if Pedro would have made the pitch when Grady Little wanted to take him out, and we can go all the way back, you know, but no. Yeah, it was. Uh, 2004. I mean, Kurt Schilling there. I just, those are great teams. Those are great teams. I had, I have to tell you, I used to live in Michigan. Um, I lived there for a couple of years. Uh, I've been to old Tiger stadium. I've been to Comerica and both ballparks are very, you know, very unique. I love Comerica. I love the, the nuances of it, but that old Tiger stadium. Not like boy, that old Tiger. To, what's that? There's not like the old Tiger stadium, 440 no. to center. You would sit in the upper deck in right field and you couldn't see the right fielder because the overhang, like it's just some of the weird intricacies of that ballpark. <laughs> That's what I was going to, you have to hit a bullet to get it out of deep center, right? And yeah. So, so yeah. Well, coach, I appreciate your time. Stick around for a second uh, once we're done here, but uh, top fans, this is coach Mike Macy, obviously American Heritage down in South Florida. Um, they're nationally ranked, uh, great guy. I've enjoyed my um, offline conversations with him. This podcast will drop in the next couple of days. Uh, feel free on the site or on um, in social media, feel free to leave us comments on how you feel about it. If we've missed something or if, um, if there's something you want to ask Coach Macy, I've got contact information and I'll, I'll be happy to pass along things. So, Coach, thank you for being on. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. and We'll do it again soon, yeah? Absolutely. All right. Have a good one. All right.